0: What is up, my friends? Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast for Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So great to be with you here again as we discuss training camp, which is crazy. It's the middle of July and we're talking about NHL training camps, but such is life in 2020. Before we get into all that, let me remind you that... You can find me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. If you'd like to follow the show on that website, you can do so at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The podcast is available uh, wherever podcasts are found. I personally use Pocket Casts on my Android phone, and it's a great app, but you might use uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or Google even. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can smash that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, enjoy, and please rate and review as well. That would be very much appreciated. Forgive me if you hear any noise in the background. My children are playing Minecraft or Roblox or something like that at the moment while I uh, enjoy this rocking chair that uh, we used to rock them on before bed. And is now the unofficial podcast chair. So, Tuesday was day two of training camp. Begin the podcast by breaking that down. Some news and notes from the black and gold. And uh, also answer some mailbag questions later on. And take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. As uh, I am wont to do on a daily basis. And uh, maybe some pop culture stuff as well. Show recommendations Uh, Music, movies, books, Uh, that's generally the breakdown of the show uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time. And and if you are, welcome. Thank you for uh, joining the Locked On Boston Bruins community. So the big news at camp on Tuesday was uh, the absence, once again, of two important checks on the team, namely David Pasternak and Andre Kasha. It sounds like they are nearing a return to the full group. But according to Bruce Cassidy, um, a number of players will be given the day off on Wednesday for maintenance. So they might not join until Thursday. But uh, he said some of this has to do with the timing of testing and returning from Europe. It's not necessarily an injury or a positive test in a lot of these cases. And he's anticipating that they will skate today on Tuesday Uh, Maybe just to get up to speed before joining the the full group on Thursday. We're going to give a lot of guys that have been skating a lot of maintenance days. So we'll have more of a full group on Thursday. I would anticipate more players will be joining that group. So look out for a full cast of characters on Thursday at camp. Um, As to what missing the first couple days of camp will mean for both Pasternak and Kasha... Cassidy doesn't believe it will be uh, that big of a deal, but you know, if for whatever reason it does drag on, then obviously that will be problematic, specifically maybe for Kasha, who um, didn't have much in the way of time with his new team prior to the break. Cassidy said, I think missing them early, if you've been doing some off-ice work or skating, wherever you've been, you can catch up. If you were to miss a full week, Uh, When return-to-play practices are only going to be two weeks to begin with, now we're talking about half the time it will affect you. Some guys can certainly make up the ground quicker than others. That's just the way some guys are wired. Once we get to Toronto, which the Bruins are expected to arrive there on the 26th of July, and if you start missing time then, it becomes more paramount because now it's the details of the team getting ready. So as it stands, you know, they've missed... A good chunk of camp since it's so short Uh, but hopefully they can get on the ice here on Wednesday as part of a smaller group and then with the entire roster um, on Thursday now I mentioned yesterday that Anders Bjork really impressed Bruce Cassidy on the first day of camp and with Pasternak being absent he was given the perfection line bump skating alongside Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron during uh, practice. Uh, once there is a full complement of players, there certainly will be some competition for spots in the lineup, particularly in the bottom six. Uh, it's, it really does look like, um, you know, the first line will be what it is. DeBrusque and Krejci uh, have been reunited and... Um, so it'll be coil third line center and then his wingers who knows at this point, but, uh, Cassidy said, we like Anders in the lineup. We like him as a person. We like him as a player, but we're going to play our best guys. However, they fit in the lineup. He's certainly in the mix, but is the automatic? No. For him, this return to play, these practice sessions are more important than some of the other guys because you don't have a lot of games to prove yourself. There's something we'll be looking for him and a handful of other guys. Those other guys, uh, he didn't come out and say it explicitly, but you'd think Carson Kuhlman's in that group of other guys are looking at. Uh, Nick Ritchie, where does he fit in? Sean Corrales, is he a third-line guy? Or will they bump him back down to the fourth line? And then, you know, um, Kasha, hopefully he'll be able to get up to speed on the second line. And uh, then you have... Other guys like Paul Carey, Jackson Nika, Zach Sinishin who are certainly on the outside looking in, but um, could crack the lineup per se if um, if something is needed from them. Of Krejci and DeBrusque, Cassidy says, sometimes absence makes the heart go fronder. Maybe they'll reconnect after a little time away. They've had good chemistry in the past. We all know that they were separated prior to the break as DeBrusque was bumped down to the third line, uh, and even given a night off or two prior to the break. Cassidy has really credited the leadership group of Bergeron, Chara, Krejci, Marchand, and Krug. Uh, certainly, Tuka Rask is in there as well, but uh, goalies are a different animal and aren't quite in uh, you know, that daily conversations uh, of how things are going with the skaters. Uh, those guys uh, spent a lot of time talking together on the ice and um, it's because of them that Bruce Cassidy has so much confidence in this group to pull things together quickly and uh, really make good on the promise of uh, a championship. Cassidy said, you know, players understand what's at stake and these guys have been through it a little more than others. They know the sacrifices together to win a Stanley Cup, and our players listen to them. Speaking of Zdeno Chara, he jumped on a Zoom call following practice, uh, wearing a mask, which was a very cool to see, despite you know the fact that he's by himself in a room, just the symbolism of wearing the mask when so many are thinking that it is not necessary to see a guy like Zdeno Chara wearing a mask. Uh, is very cool. And uh, he said, the first couple days have been good. We've had good practices, high tempo, went through the usual drills that we go back to from the time we were in the season. Uh, good speed, good tempo, good quality of practices. All of us are going to approach this phase, not quite as training camp, but more as a return to play. Every day, we're going to manage the workload. And I think the coaches and trainers are doing a great job communicating, going back and forth about what's best for the group. Based on that, they will make the best decisions in terms of lineup. I've mentioned a couple of times now that the defensive pairings are pretty set. And Chara is with his regular partner in Charlie McAvoy, Tori Krug with Brandon Carlo, Grizzlick Lozon. Uh, nothing changed there in day two of practice. Um, so that's pretty much what we should expect to see moving forward. So yeah, that is the day two of training camp wrap-up. And uh, again, the key thing being the absence of Pasternak and Kasha as they work out their visa, quarantine, all that kind of stuff. And uh, hopefully here on Wednesday, they get back on the ice and then are able to join the full group back in practice tomorrow. Before I get into some mailbag questions, of which I currently have none, Via Twitter, so I guess I'll ask myself a couple questions. Uh, I wanted to go over the Bruins' return to play schedule, which became a bit clearer on Tuesday night as the NHL announced the Bruins will play one exhibition game on Thursday, July 30th, and then they also revealed the times for the round robin games against Philadelphia and Tampa Bay with, uh, the game against Washington a date has been announced, but the time is yet to be announced. So let's get to that right now on Thursday, July 30th, the Bruins will take on the Columbus blue jackets at 7 PM Eastern time in an exhibition game, kind of a tune up prior to the round Robin that will be played of course in Toronto, Now, league-wide, among the 24 teams, there's a bit of a rivalry bent to some of these, or most of these, exhibition games. Uh, Boston kind of got the short end of the stick in that way. We're going to have Montreal-Toronto, Florida-Tampa Bay, the Rangers versus the Islanders, the Penguins against the Flyers, and then Washington and Carolina, kind of leaving Boston and Columbus as the odd teams out when it comes to building these exhibition games around uh, rivalries. So it would have been nice to see Boston play Montreal, uh, to be sure, maybe even uh, Toronto. But seeing as there are limited options when it comes to uh, rivals from the Metro division, uh, the Bruins will be stuck playing the Columbus Blue Jackets, which, you know, might not be a bad thing in terms of not playing a heated rival right off the bat and kind of easing into that, uh, getting the competitive juices flowing. Now, the other games, the Bruins will kick off the round robin on August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern against the Philadelphia Flyers. They'll then play the Tampa Bay Lightning on August 5th at 4 p.m. And then they'll wrap up the round robin against the... Washington capitals on August 8th. And that time has yet to be determined. So a couple afternoon games for the uh, Bruins round robin games uh, as the NHL gives the qualifying round more prime time uh, love since they should be a bit more competitive. Although there is quite a bit on the line when it comes to these round robin games, I should remind you because the NHL will be reseeding the team's, Going into the first round, it means that, uh, for example, if Montreal were to beat Pittsburgh in the qualifying round, then the team that emerges with the number one seed from the round robin would play the Montreal Canadiens in the first round. Um, So, you know, I don't anticipate upsets like that. Um, And while it's certainly possible, the reality is in today's NHL the eight teams that qualify for the playoffs will be, uh, you know, tough to beat. There's no easy outs in the NHL these days. In the Eastern Conference, you could maybe pinpoint the Islanders, uh, perhaps the Panthers, the Canadians, if they were to make it. But apart from that, the top 10 teams certainly are, um, or nine teams at the very least, are very solid clubs that will not be easily defeated, so especially under these circumstances. So the uh, round-robin will be good tune-ups for the Bruins, uh, but I don't think it'll be make or break either way, especially with, you know, quote-unquote home ice advantage not really in play this year. If it were under normal circumstances, and, well, under normal circumstances, the Bruins would be uh, first overall, President's Trophy winners, and have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. That's not really... Uh, on the table this year. So, um, you know, it's going to be kind of weird either way uh, to say the least. Having said all that, the Bruins were the top team in the NHL this season for a reason. And I think all things being equal, they'd like to maintain that position as the top team going into the post season. I don't think they will take these games lightly by any stretch of the imagination. Although we will almost certainly see some lineup shuffling as Bruce Cassidy tries to find um, his best lineup heading into the playoffs when the games will matter most as well as uh, you know giving some guys some rest for those more meaningful games not that they need the rest at this point after you know months off but uh, there's such a thing as doing too much too soon and uh, still want to ease the guys into that Um, competitive nature of the playoffs in order to a avoid injuries and uh, just not burn them out early on. Now, in terms of a mailbag this week, I remember that I got a question early on in the pandemic from Michelle Thorla, who lives in Oregon uh She emailed me at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com, and I don't think I ever got around to answering her questions, so I'll get to that here today. She wrote, Hi, Ian. I appreciate your daily podcast. I especially love the guest appearances of your kids. And uh if you've been listening through the quarantine, you probably have heard them in the background quite a bit since they've been off school now for quite some time, and, and we're not really sure when they're going to go back. But uh she asks, or she goes on and says, anyway, I'm a relatively new hockey fan, so forgive me if this is a newbie question, because it's totally a newbie question. You know what, Michelle, there are no newbie questions. All questions are welcome here on the Lockdown Boston Bruins podcast. And uh, I especially actually really love answering questions from relatively new fans, and I don't think uh, there's any room for hockey or sports for kind of that old fan snobbery all people are welcome to um, enjoy the game no matter what um, you know how long you've been a fan it's 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 totally fine so she wrote "Uh, did I see Brad Marchand with an A on his sweater for a few games and then it disappeared or did I dream that I've been wondering about how they choose captains and alternate captains are they just appointed by the coaches or does the whole team have a say That's actually a fantastic question, and it's, uh, you know, kind of both. Captains are usually veteran players, though on occasion some younger players are chosen. We've had uh, some very young players in recent years who have been named captain. Uh, I think of Connor McDavid, Gabriel Landeskog, Sidney Crosby. All three of them were named captains of their respective teams before they had even turned uh, 20 years old. Um, captains are usually selected by the coach. However, in some instances, teams do hold votes among the players to choose a team captain. Uh, It's usually, you know, franchise players, current or emerging stars. And um, it's not mandatory by any means, obviously, but a lot of current captains have served as Alternate captains in the past. So, again, generally it's the coach and the, his staff who make that choice. Sometimes there's a vote among the players, uh, but usually it's pretty apparent who the captain should be based on, um, you know, who the face of the franchise is at the moment or a superstar player or, you know, someone who is a clear leader in the locker room and off the ice, such as the case with our Boston Bruins, as Zidane Chara has been captain for uh, quite some time now. In terms of alternate captains, they wear the letter A on their jerseys, and uh, up to two alternate captains can be chosen, and, or teams can appoint three alternate captains and have no official captain. That's happened uh, quite a bit in the past. I think of uh, the Carolina Hurricanes recently. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs had no captain for a few years after Dion Phaneuf left. Um, A team commonly has three alternate captains when the team has not selected a captain or when the serving captain is injured and misses a game. And that might be when you would have seen Brad Marchand wearing the A. Right now, the Bruins captain is, of course, Zdeno Chara. The alternates are... Patrice Bergeron, and David Krejci. Now, that leadership group also consists of Marchand, Tori Krug. So, if one of those three guys is injured, then um, an A could be given to Marchand, Krug, uh, for example. Or if Chara misses a game, then three players could wear the A um, in that particular game. Now, we all know the kind of symbolism that the C and the A carries in terms of leadership, but with regards to specific roles, the only player allowed to speak with referees about rule interpretations is the captain, or if the captain isn't on the ice, then an alternate captain. So if there is something that comes up within the course of play that warrants some discussion, then only the captain or the alternates can approach the referees to speak to them about that. So uh, thanks for the question, Michelle. And sorry it took me so long to answer. If you guys want to email me, you can do so at lockedonbostonbruins@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Let's finish off with some news and notes around the NHL. And the finalists for awards have begun to be named. Yesterday, it was the Ted Lindsay Award which is presented annually to the NHL's most outstanding player as voted by the NHL Players Association members. So it's kind of a uh, award that is voted on by a player's peers. The finalists are Edmonton Oilers forward Leon Draisaitl, Colorado Avalanche center Nathan McKinnon, and New York Rangers winger Artemi Panarin. This is Typically, uh, precursor to the Hart Trophy nominees uh, for League MVP, uh, which means uh, you know David Pasternak, who co-led the NHL in goals with 48. Probably not going to be in the running for these major trophies, although uh, it could be. Certainly, argue that he should be in the conversation. So, those are three players finalists for the Ted Lindsay Award. Oh hey, and one more question just trickled in from Ryan Turner at Disc Underscore Jockey Ten, who asks: Based on early reviews in training camp, do you think Bjork gets back up on the roster third line? Maybe Richie Coyle, Bjork, or DeBrusque Coyle, Bjork. A uh, great question, Ryan. And yeah, Anders Bjork has certainly been uh, garnering positive attention over the first couple days of training camp. That is, of course, within the context of David Pasternak and Andre Kasha missing. So um, all these roster decisions, of course, are contingent on those two guys returning, which it looks like they're going to be skating here on Wednesday and uh, fitting back into the lineup seamlessly, as we all expect. So that really leaves only a few roster spots open for players like Uh, Bjork, Carson Kuhlman, uh, Nick Ritchie, um, guys like that. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. There's been a lot of talk so far about how DeBrusque and Critchie are being given a chance to reconnect and develop that chemistry together. And there's been a lot of talk about um, whether or not Andre Kasha can fit up on that second line as well. So, I think... The top six is pretty well penciled in. You have Charlie Coyle as a third line center. Anders Bjork was a staple in the lineup for most of the season. And I think he really does deserve a chance to get back in there. The Bruins will have a lot of options as long as all the forwards remain healthy. And, you know, I really think he could be a good fit on that third line alongside Charlie Coyle. He has the ability to play either the left or the right side. And um, I think he should get a look on that third line where he had been all season, just in terms of reestablishing that familiarity with your line mates quickly. They don't have too much time to experiment and mess around. And so um, for the sake of chemistry and based on how he has played so far in training camp or skated at least, um, I think he will get a look there on the third line alongside uh, Charlie Coyle. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm very excited about the um, yeah the Boston Bruins about their chances moving forward as things get a bit more real here with Return to Play. As I sign off here, David Pasternak is on the ice at Warrior Ice Arena, which is amazing. Andre Kasha, soon to follow. Um, so the full complement of players is now at at camp, and man, I just love this team so much and really hope that they do have a, a legitimate opportunity to win the Stanley Cup this year. Again, with COVID-19 still going on, that takes a lot of commitment league-wide to maintain the restrictions placed upon the players to uh, practice good social distancing and not you know, go out to restaurants and bars and all that kind of stuff, uh, to really take this seriously and get games going. Uh, I'm really excited to see what this team can do in a return-to-play format. So, yeah, I hope you're all doing well. Thank you again for listening. Please now go listen to the Locked On NHL podcast for some great hockey content over there, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Take care, friends.